We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. But we are joined for the first episode of season three with two returning cute ones. We have Kelly from Laguna Biatch on Instagram and Troy from Dunzo. Together, they are the co-hosts of Beyond the Blinds, a podcast diving into celebrity blinds and so much more. Hi, welcome back, guys. Hi, thanks for having us. Of course. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited. I'm so excited. And you guys are taking our maiden voyage with us because we have done a sensible rebrand. You can call us Julia Roberts, and this is our eat, pray, love moment as we are branching out (laughs) away from the Olsen twins and paying our respects to other pop culture icons of the past. When you said call us Julia Roberts, I thought you were going to say call us Julie and Julia, and I didn't know if I was Meryl (laughs) Streep or Amy Adams. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the jury's still out. (laughs) So today we are going to be covering a Cinderella story featuring Kelly's personal nemesis, Hilary Duff. I have two nemesis. Two nemesi. Nemesis. Nemesis sounds right. So it's a twofer. Who is your other one? Chad Michael Murray. Wow. Mm. We really hit you with it. You did. It's okay. It's okay. I'm here. I'm here for Well, it. the cuties listening know that we do love just some ethical bullying happening. <laughs> so as soon as we knew we wanted to have you both back on our show, I said, yes, we should have it where Kelly will be triggered the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All great actors have their signature move. Kristen Stewart has her lip bite. And I discovered during this movie that Hilary Duff has the tug your shirt over the hand move like that's like her go-to where just like the tips of her fingers are just jetting out ever so Mm -hmm. subtly and that's like when you know shit's about to go down it's like you can only see the tips of her fingertips (laughs) because she was like super famous during a time when that was like quaint you know to be like "Mm, mm," you know what i mean like that like it's like very like i borrowed my boyfriend's hoodie Trey, I used to cut holes in my hoodies so Me that I, yeah, so that I could constantly have that look. Yes, <laughs> and packs on hoodies always came with the hole already. Oh well, I wasn't rich mm-hmm. enough for all that. You're show- <laughs> <laughs> you're showing that you were high middle class now, but I had to do it myself. So before we get into, and I'm putting this in quotes, the plot of this fine film, Donnie has done some research. 
So Donnie, can you give us some background information and perhaps even some trivia? Yeah, I would love to. I'm going to save the trivia for throughout the episode to really woo ya, but I will give you some background information. It came out in the year 2004, and it was directed by Mark Rossman, who directed also Life Size. So good one, good one. And this one is what really tricked me the original house of sorority row starring eileen davidson from 1982 (laughs) and i can proudly say i have not seen either of those movies so add them to the list donnie okay (laughs) (laughs) there's plenty of lists that i have that you're on but (laughs) Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. every time you speak about what movies you haven't seen you get added to another one (laughs) but (laughs) Some lists that this movie was on were a lot of movie critic reviews of people who had nothing nice to say. In fact, I looked on IMDb and the highest rated score it got from any critic was a 42%. Roger Ebert gave it one star and the Washington Post said... It is horrible. Time curls up and dies while this Hillary Duff vehicle wheels its weary, conventional way along. So that was the nicest thing I could find written about it. So thought we'd start on a good note. <laughs> Speaking of movies that you haven't seen, Chelsea, have you seen this before today? Okay, so I know that I'm on several lists that I'm assuming means you're going to kill me <laughs> in various ways and plotting yeah. my demise. But I am happy to report I have seen this movie before. And not only that, but my cousin burned me this soundtrack. Mm. And this whole soundtrack was like my go-to Disman bop. Yeah, you forget how good the music is in this in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It is. And when you compare it to the acting, it's even better. <laughs> it's honestly the highlight of the movie is just the music. Yeah. And I think that that was kind of a thing in the early aughts of all movies, like the soundtrack was really part of it and sometimes even was way better than any of the acting involved, even though in this movie, there are good actors. Mm -hmm. It's just, whoo, the script they were working with was unfortunate. Yeah, Yeah. I I think that's correct. I think, well, I don't think anything. (laughs) Was I the only <laughs> was I the only one that would take like teen movie soundtracks and then create my own original play based on the songs heard? Like I would always make a new through line based on the soundtrack in front of my mirror. Oh, I'm sure I did that. Yeah. That sounds like something I did. Yeah. But you've explained it in detail. I'm like, mm. <laughs> I like just finished doing it. I'm like sweating. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't not do that. I drove around a lot. I live in the DMV. I was constantly stuck in 495 traffic. And so I would do the thing where I would just like casually look out my window as I'm listening to the songs, like (laughs) pretending I'm the star of a music video. Just like. Were you driving as you did that? No, I was in the back seat, Tani. I'm not like in traffic driving along. I was a terrible (laughs) driver, but like I did have some respect for the other people on the road. I was like, oh my god, eyes on the road. You're like a little girl being the main character with (laughs) (laughs) So we are going to be starting our conversations about these cinematic masterpieces by asking our guests to summarize the plot in one minute or less. And this is very much like the game Apples to Apples. There's no wrong way to do this, but it will tell us a little bit about you of how you choose to summarize the movie. So which one of you would like to go first? 
It doesn't matter. I can go first. Okay. So there's this girl named Sam who her parents are dead and she lives with her wicked stepsisters and wicked stepmom. And there's a drought in California and she works at a diner. And then she's talking to this football guy who goes to the diner with his girlfriend and she wants something with no calories. And Sam's like, we have water. And Austin Ames is like, that's a good one. But then they're like cyber stalking each other through AIM and he doesn't recognize her with a mask because, I mean, how could you recognize someone with that, right? (laughs) And then she loves Rhonda. We all love Rhonda. And then at one point something falls off the wall and it's don't give up, don't (laughs) not swing or don't, the fear of striking out doesn't mean you can't swing or whatever the fuck it said. And then Rhonda adopts her after she makes out with Austin Ames in the rain because waiting for you is like waiting for rain in this drought. Wow. That's my synopsis. Yeah. That is going to be hard to beat. I mean, like, what do I say? <laughs> That's your job to figure out. Okay. I'm going to I'm just going to willy-nilly this off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that this is a movie about a young girl who dabbles in what is a new technology ASL chat rooming. She is dabbling in the dark arts, which is internet dating. And she cloaks herself in a tiny, incy-beansy, see-through mask. (laughs) And the said hot guy, the football player on the other side of her ASL chats, doesn't know that it's her because of this tiny little mask. And then she ends up in a humiliating situation where her, like, sex to this guy become public. (laughs) And the school puts on a production to humiliate a teenage girl. Nobody stops it. There are props (laughs) and actors and all kinds of things. And it turns out that based on a quote behind some wallpaper in a diner that her mean stepmother owns, she follows her dream of telling the hot football player that she was cloaked behind the tiny mask. And then they ride off together in a hot rod. Oh, well yeah. done. I feel like we watched <laughs> two different movies. <laughs> no, there was like something falling off the wall in both of yours. <laughs> That's the center of the Venn diagram right There's there. There's a mask. Something falls off wall. Well, when you were like, he couldn't tell because of her tiny, I thought you were going to say his tiny little brain. <laughs> wow. The way you were going with that. Also correct. That is her yeah. tiny lace mask. <laughs> well, on that note, let's jump into this fine film. So we meet Sam as a young girl who has friends and the coolest dad. Everything is perfect until her dad meets Fiona, who tricked him into thinking she was a good person by wearing glasses. And Sam and her dad are like obsessed with fairy tales. <laughs> he basically tells her that fairy tales are about chasing your dreams. And his dreams for her are going to college. Lovely. I also trick people into thinking I'm smart by wearing my glasses. <laughs> Here's my thing. And this is like, as we get further on, her whole personality is about wanting to go to Princeton. And that, she only wants to go there because her dead father pulled this like fairy tale pun out of his ass when she asked him like, where do princesses go to college? He's like, uh, Princeton. And now that's her whole life's mission. So... I, I mean, her get a life, but (laughs) him, he really fucked her up. Yeah. And as a parent, I just am wondering, like, what am I currently doing right this second to actively fuck up my daughter's lives? Like, what am I doing that I don't even know about? (laughs) (laughs) But I guess in his defense, like, 
shooting for Princeton isn't the worst thing he could have set her up with. Like, at least he wasn't telling her to do plays in front of her mirror to teen movie soundtracks. So, <laughs> it was just such a weird plot point. Like, that we knew so little about her dad. And, like, that was what we knew. <laughs> and that he was just, like, this real, like, you know, leave it to be very sweet, like, nice guy. And we saw them talk once. And that was what they talked about. And that was all we knew about him. And then her entire personality was, like, playing baseball, wearing baseball hats, going to Princeton. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think, like, if this movie would have went on for five minutes more and something else would have went wrong in her life, I think we would have been, like, five minutes away from her wearing a mask of her father. <laughs> like, we were going to dark places very quickly. Oh, no. Well, speaking of dark places, one thing that I did not remember was just, like, her dad dying in an extremely traumatic way. Like, I don't remember it being quite so horrifying that he's, like, ditching his daughter in a doorway in the middle of an earthquake, and then we just never see him again. Yeah, and he just goes, an earthquake! And then that's, <laughs> and then he's dead. And then Fiona, the evil stepmother, gets everything when he dies. Wait, I need to talk about that. So, yes, she does. But in my research, I found out, and I hate to be this person, but... It's my podcast, so I will be. Um, We've overcorrected. Before we did no research and we couldn't tell the Olsen twins apart, and now Donnie's going to like dabble in some sort of law. Yeah, now now I'm bringing out California interstate succession law. (laughs) which No, you're correct. Which shows that Sam would have been entitled to half of everything her father owned before he married Fiona. So like after he married her, anything he and Fiona bought together was obviously Fiona's, but Anything he owned before, the diner, the house, all of it, half of it would be Sam's. Wow. So the whole plot of this movie is just bullshit. And maybe that's why Roger Ebert only gave it one star. (laughs) He was like, I'm familiar with California law. (laughs) I was just going to say that I love like finding out like Roger Ebert's like rating of movies like this and then like picturing him watching this is like so funny to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Do you know the the movie that killed him? What was the, that? The last movie he ever reviewed was Simply Irresistible, starring Sarah Michelle Gellar. Wow. And I think that tracks. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh huh. <laughs> so, on that note, we lost Roger Ebert and Sam's father all in one breath. An earthquake. So next we meet Austin Ames, school hottie, in a parking lot Lord of the Flies situation. Kelly, before I launch into why I know CMM is a terrible person, I'd like to hear from you of why you consider him to be one of your nemesis nemeses. I mean, Sophia Bush. I'm team Sophia. Day mm-hmm. one. I will fight anyone on it. And then <laughs> there are just a lot of allegedly's around. Being 24 dating a 17-year-old and not being able to go to her prom is, like, not cool. <laughs> Like, what a fucking loser. Well, I'm glad that you bring this up because now I think is a good time for me to tell the listeners that my husband, Dr. Bald, not a medical doctor, just a man that went bald at 22, went to that high school and was friends with Kenzie and knew Chad Michael Murray. And he is, spoiler alert, a big old douchebag, big, big old douchebag, because not only was he not allowed to Kenzie's prom, but Chad Michael Murray showed up to his high school girlfriend. And this isn't, again, people like a girl he dated in high school. This is a girl he dated in (laughs) high school. 
as a 24-year-old, showed up with a bodyguard to her high school to fight her ex-boyfriend, also a high school student, and was banned from campus. The school had to change their school policy that people over 18 were not allowed to visit campus during school hours because of Chad Michael Murray. And my husband spent like a significant amount of time with him. And the only things he could say was huge douchebag, very well manicured hands. Wow. There you have it. God, imagine being her and being like, Chad Michael Murray keeps showing up trying to fight guys for me, <laughs> like at school. And like the most embarrassing part about obviously that whole thing's embarrassing, but he's on like a hit CW show at that point. Yeah. yeah. He's like a star. Do you think that the school calls it like the Murray Clause? <laughs> so. We got another Murray. <laughs> we got a Murray. Code Murray. Code Murray. <laughs> yeah. That's so wild. But looking at him now, like I always look at him at whatever age he's at, 43, 38. I don't know how old he is, but however old he is now, I always look at him and like, how did he age to look like my cousin? Like he was always so hot back then. And now he just looks like part of the Hadfield family tree, which not to like shit on myself, but it's not what Chad Michael Murray looked like back then. <laughs> but hearing stories like this, I'm like, oh, he and my cousin have that in common. I see. I see. Your cousin was also showing up to high school <laughs> trying to fight 18-year-olds. Allegedly. <laughs> I didn't watch. I was in a One Tree Hill head, so I, I had no emotional attachment to him. Mm. But one of my favorite moments ever just in recorded history is an episode of The Girls Next Door where he, like, runs into Kendra Wilkinson. And Kendra didn't know who or what he was. But he, like, Amazing. thought that she should know. And uh-huh. she was like, hi, nice to meet you. And he's like, yeah, big fan of your work. Big fan of your, uh, you guys' show. You guys are killing it. Me and my girlfriend lay in bed and watch your show all the time. And she was like, ha, 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 thanks. And, like, she just, like, walked away. And, like, did like, what a weird a moment. Fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Kendra like body rolled away (laughs) wait before we move on my husband's sitting in the corner like almost telling me time's up if he was on a talk show or the Oscars Mm -hmm. he's been trying to tell me that it was not Roger Ebert that died when he watched Simply Irresistible it was Gene Siskel so listen I did research I didn't say it was correct but at least (laughs) at least this is more research than i came in for the first two seasons well thank you producer (laughs) quinn we always appreciate notes we do not have fake news here at i am the cute one just nonsense thank you (laughs) now before i keep saying before we move on and we've literally made it to i don't know like the first five minutes of this movie cool 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 i am face blind and i have in the past gotten will from will and grace and robert downey jr confused But I gasped when I saw that Howard from The Big Bang Theory was in this movie. And I'd like to think that this was his audition piece. Nothing else. Just had to make a note that I did recognize someone. Wait, I don't watch CBS (laughs) sitcoms. Who's Howard from The Big Bang Theory? He's the like nerdy spaceman one that does the dance on the dance floor. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm, All right. mm -hmm. Goes on to play another nerd and made lots of money from it. So good for you, Howard. Also in this movie, I know... Here we are still at the first five minutes, but Julie (laughs) Gonzalo, who plays the mean girl in this, she also plays the mean girl in Freaky Friday alongside Chad Michael Murray. So there are our modern day, (laughs) I don't know who, Freddie Prince Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellar, Helena Bonham Carter, and Johnny Depp. 
Just that Julie Gonzalez. Very generous of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the, we learn that Sam has a secret admirer, a stranger that she talks to online who goes to her school, but that she has not felt compelled to meet in real life. And we get the iconic laugh out loud. <laughs> text message. <laughs> so in my personal experience, catfishing people was kind of a universal experience as millennials discovered the World Wide web. But before I tell on myself, let me ask, do any of you have experience with talking to strangers on the internet? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> I almost met up with an old man off MySpace who was pretending to be someone my age. This is back when, like, your cell phone bill would be, like, sent to your house. So you, mm. my mom could see who I was talking to. She's like, who are all these calls to New York? <laughs> and I got grounded for a long time. But, yeah, I was, like, prepared to meet him at the mall that weekend. But the mom intuition worked. Wow. And you were telling oh the truth God. about yourself? Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, oh, that's very Degrassi. <laughs> yeah. oh, Honestly. Yeah. Try with yours. Um, we just used to meet up with like other teenagers all over the place. Like we would go to like parties at strangers' houses, and it, it would always be some guy that's like, "Yeah, this person's parents are out of town," and like this house, <laughs> and it was just like some house, mm-hmm. and you never really inquired about like who owned it or like if you were allowed to just be a drunk teenager in it. You just like went to people's houses. We would meet people on MySpace all the time. Wow. You're in both of your eyes after Troy and I's stories. You're both like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly, yours was horrifying because you were just like being authentically yourself meeting up with. Yeah. Troy, you (laughs) were using your powers for MySpace for good and for partying. Now I'm just just waiting for the inevitable Donnie story where he's going to tell us that he like pretended to be a serial killer or something. No, no. Donnie pretended to be a 16-year-old girl named Blair from California. L.A. to be exact. Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the Force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as 
Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTEONE, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. And I would go in the AOL AIM chat room called Beach Party RPG, <laughs> where oh basically, like, it was truly just people saying, like, lounging by the pool, drinking my cocktail. And then you would, like, walk <laughs> over in the chat with everyone reading and, like, talk to these people at the pool. But then if people messaged you privately and were like, want to go in the pool house? That's when you knew you were going to cyber sex. So <laughs> 16-year-old Blair got in the pool house quite often. <laughs> Where? Can I ask you a question? Sure. Where did the name come from? No idea. And let me give you an answer to a question you didn't ask. The first time I ever did it, this girl from my middle school was also in the beach party M- RPG. And she's like, that's a boy. That's a boy. So then, so then I couldn't go on Swim 320, my own screen name anymore. No. I had to use my little sisters. So then... I- <laughs> would go into the chat room have cyber sex with people using my little sister's screen name so then as soon as i was done with them i would block them so that they couldn't message her next time she was on my god wow. you're like i'm a preteen boy bye thanks <laughs> <laughs> wow wow yeah i can't top that one i would just create like a slew of random AIM handles and just like go on to like those like random chat rooms and just make up all sorts of stuff. There was a screen name that I came up with because yellow was my favorite color and I loved winter and I loved puppies. So it was yellow snow pup. And then somebody did tell me that it seemed like I was celebrating urine. So I had to start <laughs> thinking long and hard about those screen names after that. Point. Well, at least now you know your only fans name. <laughs> I do wish that we could keep the MySpace mentality and I could just like on any given day tell my friends where they rank because there was nothing more satisfying Mm. than just like being really pissed off coming home from school and being like, you're out. Oh, (laughs) on top of like a fucked up away message. Yeah. That was my go to. Me too. Mm -hmm. I loved a passive aggressive away message. Oh, like lyrics. Mm -hmm. Like keep your enemies close. Fuck you, friends. Like something crazy. (laughs) Oh, Goosebumps thinking about it. The best one ever about me was this girl that said, real friends are like diamonds, precious and rare. Fake friends are like leaves found everywhere. And then when you highlighted underneath, it said, right, Donnie? (laughs) (gasps) Oh, my God. That's good, Gold. She would have been top eight for that. That is is a major point. 
that was like some coding back in the day. She really yeah. knew her internet. <laughs> now, two people that do not know the internet, these two crazy kids, <laughs> Sam and Austin Ames, are talking all day long on their phone on the school computer lab computers, and they cannot get enough of each other. And as it turns out, Austin Ames is a man who wears jewelry and a secret softie, and he also wants to go to Princeton. <laughs> like, what is the deal with Princeton in this movie? I don't understand. I don't know. I just like that going to Princeton is like the worst thing Austin Ames could ever do to his father. He's like such a disappointment for wanting to go to this incredibly prestigious college. Right. That's such a storyline throughout like all teen movies, right? Like, I always think of Varsity Blues where he's like, yes. well, I don't want your life. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what Austin said in this. Right. Skipping ahead a little bit, there is this Halloween homecoming dance. And basically, Sam gets this pep talk from the diner that it's time for her to bust a move, put her freak on. It's time for her to do something for herself and have some fun. So Rhonda, sweet Rhonda, happens to have a wedding dress for a future wedding, despite not being engaged, which there's a lot to unpack there. We're not going to touch it. But she's (laughs) very generous and lets Sam wear it. And we are led to believe that Sam's costume is like the most beautiful costume in the history of costumes. Is this costume like as breathtaking as we're supposed to think it is? I will say yes for high school. Wow. I don't feel many compliments to this movie, but I will say like (laughs) if you're in high school and you see someone wearing that, you're like, they're rich. Where did they get that? So you have to get in that high school mindset. See, now for me, like the top looked like a top you would wear to a picnic and she just paired it with like a tool skirt. She didn't do anything for me. I will say the sisters dressed as Siamese twin cats. That is where I would have been like, oh my God, girls, I love your costume. <laughs> like that was commitment. It was, it was a, a nice high school prom dress for sure. I thought though, like, like for time stopping when she enters the room, I mean, we could have used a little more pomp and circumstance, like a little more, just a little something. It's tr- it was truly just a nice dress from Dylan's. Do you know what I mean? It's like she went to Deb yeah. and she showed up at that dance and who spotlight on her. They've never seen Everybody's anything like, like oh. it. <laughs> oh, oh, ooh, love her oh. dress, hate her. I was like, you and Kelly have that in common. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm obsessed with it. So, (laughs) Well, I think next Halloween, Kelly and Troy go as Sam and Austin Ames and me and Donnie will go as the Siamese cats. (laughs) Oh, okay. That's good. So Austin and Sam meet each other at the dance. And I know that Austin is clearly the most popular boy at school and we are inherently supposed to think he's a catch. But I am here to say he kind of sucks. In fact, I think he's a big old douchebag because not only does he ditch the group costume to leave his friends as the two musketeers so he can go to the dance as Prince Charming, but we also now learn that he's the type of guy who quotes his own writing, (laughs) which is a disturbing character trait. Very Lucas Scott of him. Very (laughs) Lucas Scott of him. He just like has no character development either. Like you basically the whole movie watch him bully people with his friends and he like watches his friends be horrible to people. He never says anything. And like there isn't really any moment where he has like a big like, I don't know, come to Jesus moment about how terrible he is. Mm Mm-mm. 
he's pretty much awful the whole movie. Yeah, even at the end, when he, like, chooses her and, like, everything sets into his brain of how much of a douche he is, that is truly only because he realizes he doesn't want to play football for the rest of his (laughs) life. Like, it's still about him. Yeah, 1,000%. Well, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I thought he was a very fleshed out character. He wants to go to Princeton, but he plays football, Troy. <laughs> Thanks, Diner Girl. <laughs> Listen, Diner I girl. knew I knew he was a piece of shit when I wanted to blow him. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Something, I know what kind of boy he is. Because him and both of his friends, I couldn't decide who I wanted the most. So I was like, I should probably just stay away from these boys. So let's now discuss whether or not it's a red flag that he just straight up does not recognize Sam, despite the fact that she looks literally the same as she always does, except she has taken off her baseball hat and has added two inches of fabric across her eyes. (laughs) Like, I'll never get over the fact that it's lace. I'm sorry, I won't. It's see-through fabric. Like, not only is it tiny, you can see her skin through it. It's psychotic. I know. And we all learned during COVID that, like, masks can truly change how you see people. But this is a girl that he sees every day. Because his friends go and terrorize this poor waitress every single day after school. And he doesn't recognize her. And that's where, like, they mention how big the class is, like, 3,000 students, whatever. It is possible I think for someone to walk in this gym or wherever the dance was held and him not know who it is under a mask, but not diner girl. Yeah. It's absurd. It's <laughs> absurd. I remember the first time I watched this movie, I like couldn't wrap my head around them not knowing it was her. Like I actually missed that plot point. <laughs> Cause I was like, wait, it's so clearly her. Well, and then it's like, okay, I can almost give him a pass when he doesn't, initially recognize her because maybe he's just like in his own head not even like paying attention to the outside world but he eventually is like actively looking for her and has a full conversation with her across a diner counter and still nothing she has hillary duff voice i mean there's only one there's only one person in the world that talks like hillary duff it's like well at this point now you're just either a narcissist or dumb yeah again he only cares about himself that's true (laughs) i've been telling you (laughs) so back at the dance they dance to i'll be by edwin mccain (laughs) the hold that this song had on me in the early aughts like this was my shit this was my jam this was going to be like my wedding song Mm. loved it and he's about to remove the mask but her phone alarm goes off she needs to get back to the diner so she runs away she's late for reality she leaves her cell phone behind and i have to ask like is there anything more horrifying than having your crush have full access to your cell phone (laughs) horrifying but i mean like with your flip phone how much was on it right kelsey how much was on your flip phone (laughs) (laughs) i mean i wouldn't want austin ames going through it let me put it that way austin would just think he found blair's phone 16 from california he wouldn't know who the fuck phone he's He's like i found this model's phone He's been spending a lot of time in the pool house. (laughs) (laughs) So Austin can't actually get into her phone because it's locked. So he moves on to his next strategy, which is essentially like putting up missing person flyers all over the school. And this is again where he straight up has a conversation with her at the diner, does not recognize her like this man is a monster. 
And while all of this is going on, Sam's sister's metal, ratting her out to the popular kids, totally blowing her cover, just being general assholes. And this all leads to the big pep rally. I need to talk about it. I'm got to talk <laughs> about this skit. The showmanship was incredible. Like when she did a handstand to symbolize a wall between these two worlds, truly just groundbreaking. Give these bitches a Tony, please. But like you said, Troy, why did faculty not break this up? It cut to the woman from Insidious or whatever the fuck movie she's from, the teacher. It cut to her often and she was not okay watching this, but yet she watched it in full. No adult stopped. (laughs) And it was like a 37 minute production with like costume changes it had an intermission like literally it was insane (laughs) insanely long and either one of them i mean i'm not gonna victim blame here but i'm gonna victim blame here either one of them knew where this was going like once we saw oh my god this is my life story i would think hey they have access to these emails (laughs) so i would run on stage and break it up but nope they just sat watching as well (laughs) and then it all culminates with everybody chanting diner girl diner girl (laughs) diner girl like oh my god it's so weird to me how like sam was unpopular like, if Hillary Duff went to my school, no matter how fucking weird she was, looks alone, yeah. they'd be, like, mm-hmm. popular. Like, okay, she likes to read books. That doesn't make you unpopular. No. She works at a cool diner. That would make her more popular in my school. Yeah. Right. Like, go there after school and get some, like, free French fries. Yeah. Well, and, okay, in their defense, Fiona, I'm sure, kept the books pretty tight. She would know free French fries were being given out but still yeah i guess that's why i always had trouble with this movie because i was like hillary duff is not an unpopular girl no <laughs> she's my nemesis but she would be popular <laughs> right exactly yeah and the weird thing too about this play was like it was clearly kind of like dragging both of them but for whatever reason everybody was like fixated on how embarrassing it was for sam and it's like it wasn't like she was sending him all of these love notes that he never answered or that he like ghosted her it was both of them see now chelsea i think they just didn't turn on her until the end when we found out it was diner girl in the beginning Beginning, like once once they said he wanted to go to Princeton in that play, the audience literally said, Ooh. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, Princeton. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> and the father too is another one. He kept saying, like, do you know what this is about? What is this? What's going on? And not once did he get out of that chair. Did you know that that, more research, but this is just eye research and I know you're face blind. Do you know that's Peyton's dad in One Tree Hill? Yes, I did know that. Incredible. It's like incestuous Mm -hmm. almost. Should have known that, but totally, totally (laughs) face blind. Did not, did not make that connection. I was sitting there like, was that Robert Downey Jr.? (laughs) (laughs) Like Brad Pitt's in this? (laughs) So in a dramatic scene, Sam quits the diner and realizes that she can't let the fear of striking out get in the way of her playing the game. And inspired by her dad's message, she barges into the boys' locker room to find her Prince Charming. Now, I don't want to belabor the point, but once again, Austin is a dick because at this point, like he full on knows her identity, but didn't do diddly squat. So Sam tells him at this point that waiting for him is like waiting for the rain in this drought, useless and disappointing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she has a point. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's finally, it's the big game and everybody is counting on Austin, but 
Austin sees that Sam is leaving, ditches the game to give her a kiss. And just like that, it starts to rain. And the weather isn't the only thing wet, am I right? Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I hate stuff. myself. I hate myself. <laughs> but so ends this beautiful film. Oh, also, by the way, the will was in the storybook and she owns everything. Cool, cool, Wait, cool. Wait, while we're on that, I thought he left it in there for her. But then Fiona says like, oh, you found it? So she hid it in this book that you know this girl has an unhealthy obsession with. I'm sure there's a better house. Wherever you hid those letters from Princeton, you should have had the will there, too. I'm going to be honest. This was not a movie that I used to watch a lot Mm -hmm. when I was younger. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't know it the way a lot of people, like, know every single moment of it. And the second half of the movie, like, I didn't really honestly remember how it (laughs) ended. And I thought it was so funny that they just, like, drove off. And then a Hillary Duff song started playing. And it was like... Follow your dreams. <laughs> yeah. And then it just ended. I was like, is it really over? <laughs> yeah, she's riding off into the sunset, going to college with her high school boyfriend. What could go wrong? Famously, that never, ever ends poorly. <laughs> so weird. Chelsea texted me 45 minutes into it and said, they just left the dance and there's 45 minutes left. What else can happen? The pacing was so wild. It was like truly over yeah. 45 minutes in and then somehow more. And somehow we've managed to talk about it for almost as long as this movie was. <laughs> for sure. And not once did we mention two bitches in a car wash. <laughs> they could have been chill. <laughs> now that's your OnlyFans name. <laughs> So final thoughts. First of all, if we were to recast this movie present day, who would we want in our reboot? I texted Troy and Troy told me I had good picks. Oh, yeah, she's got good picks. Okay, go for it. So for Austin Ames, I would have Noah Centineo or (gasps) Mm -hmm. or Nick Robinson from A Teacher. I almost like Nick Robinson better, but Noah is like dumb. Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) And then for Sam, I would have Samantha Logan, who plays Olivia on CW's All-American. Okay. She's like a CW actress that's too good for CW and probably too good for this movie, but you know (laughs) what I mean. Mm -hmm. And then Rhonda, I'd want it to be Brandy as a nod to the Cinderella that we grew up with. Love that. And then for Fiona, I said Kristen Wiig. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's really good. Steal yours. Those are my answers now. Thank you, (laughs) Kelly. Troy, who did you have? Mine, I just want to say that, like, in my world, we're in the Bermuda Triangle and, ta- like, people's ages mean nothing. Yeah. Love that. So I chose, do you guys know who Storm Reed is? Yeah. I chose her as the Hillary Duff character. I thought that'd be fun. Uh, she's in Euphoria. And the Chad Michael Murray character, I chose Dylan. Is it Minette? How you say his last mm-hmm. name? Just because I have a cr- Literally no other reason. It's like, I just want to fuck him. <laughs> uh, Jennifer Coolidge. I chose Catherine Hahn. Mm. Oh, that's a good one. That's fun, right? That's a good one. And the Regina King character, I chose Kiki Palmer. (gasps) Listen, both of you, Chelsea, you just ended up on another list because (laughs) I picked Noah as Austin Ames and I picked Kiki Palmer as Regina King. Oh my God. Yeah, so Chelsea... <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Next time you need to, what is that quote behind the Elvis guitar? <laughs> Swing for the fences. Oh, yeah, because you just struck out, Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> so as Sam, I put Olivia Rodrigo. As mm, that's good. Uh, Fiona, I picked Regina Hall. So oh, then, no. that's good. thank you, thank you. So then, and this is where I picked people from a different time. As the twin sisters, then I put Tia and Tamara. 
That'll be funny. Uh, that is good. That's actually really good. I said Mary Kate and Ashley as a nod to our podcast, but cool, cool, cool. Well, we are expanding and rebranding. Exactly. So both on brand now. Who else did you have, Chelsea? Now I want to know. Me too. Um, so I'm going to be honest, and I forgot to do this assignment. <laughs> So, like I said, I came up with all those brilliant ones that Kelly came up with so random that we both came Uh. up with the same one. So, while Donnie was doing all of the extensive research, I was writing the outline and then keeping it blank. So, Uh, Listen, I'm famous for that. Speaking of my research, I have one more before we head out. Um, Instead of Chad Michael Murray, Rupert Grant was originally cast as Austin Ames. Ron from Harry Potter. Ron from Harry Potter. And this was Prisoner of Azkaban time. Like, there was scheduling conflicts with that movie. So he was... I was going to say before he was hot, but there was never a time he was hot. I feel like my face was just pure disgust (laughs) right when you said that. I mean, I I love Harry Potter. I love him as an actor. What would his career have looked like in a sliding doors moment if he had gotten this part? Like, would we have been tricked into thinking he was a heartthrob? Or would this have been like when they tried to make Jack Black a leading man in The Holiday? Like, where they just were like, no, but this is a thing now. He's hot, (laughs) see? Or when they made Jack Black Jamaican and I still know what you did last summer. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I was gonna say there's something like weirdly charming about the Kate Winslet Jack Black. Oh no, I'm into it. No, I'm into no? it. Look, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Donnie's pulling up his sleeves like Hillary Duff. <laughs> Not everybody can be Jude Law, okay? You're right, you're right. <laughs> so one final question before we let you go. We like to say what aged well about this film and what aged like Blockbuster. And I did do this assignment. So what for us first aged well? Jennifer Coolidge's acting career, um, Regina King still being incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and also having that like weird guy best friend that's still in movies all the time. And I will say, Kelly, it's going to seem like I copied you, but that really was my answer. I said Jennifer Coolidge, Regina King, and Howie from The Big Bang Theory carried this movie on their shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> I also said Regina King and Jennifer Coolidge. I also said The Diner was really fun. Fiona's Diner, not Hal's Diner. That baseball motif got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the music. Oh, yes. I like the soundtrack still. Um, Obviously, the actors. I mean, yeah, uh, Jennifer and Regina. Um, What didn't age well was all of the the weird, like, black girl jokes at Regina Regina King, like, the entire movie. It was so uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable. But also just not when she was on screen either. Like, the introduction to the friend, our first introduction is him, whatever he was doing. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And then when he, like, went to the diner and, like, every time she spoke, no matter what she said, he'd be like, "Mm -hmm, girlfriend, you better tell her sister and keep telling her like it is, girl. And then she was like... (laughs) You stop doing that. Yeah. Carter was my aging like blockbuster moment. Just like his quote unquote method acting made my butthole fully clenched. Like I had a full body workout just dealing with Carter's antics. And I too was happy when he just dressed like himself because I was like, Carter, no. Truly. No more, please. But not just Carter. I mean, Carter was handling the race situation in this film but then um austin ames threatened to kick her butt if she was a boy so thank god it wasn't me 
Thank God he was talking to Sam and yeah. not Blair. And then also when he was looking <laughs> for the girl and they had that like, what was she, a wrestler or a track star? Someone that's not built like Hillary Duff that's clearly supposed to be a punchline. I was like, okay, everything besides Regina King and Jennifer Coolidge is what age like Blockbuster. The way things used to just be thrown out like that, like insane comments back in the day. Mm. The boy yeah. one was really jarring. <laughs> She's like, I promise I'm not a boy. <laughs> Um, which is so easy to type, by the way. I have <laughs> I have experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys so much for coming on. This was so fun. One more time before we let you go, tell everybody where they can find you, listen to you, all the things. Well, our podcast is called Beyond the Blinds. Um, you can find it on everything, just at Beyond the Blinds. Our Patreon is uh, patreon.com slash Beyond the Blinds. We do two episodes a week. And uh, you can also find me online at Dunzo Pod. Yeah, Beyond the Blinds Pod, all of that. Um, we are doing live shows in Boston, New York City, Chicago, and L.A. So if you love some celebrity gossip, come through. It's going to be a lot of fun. And after every show, there is an after party. Ooh. That is awesome. Congrats again on that. That's so, so yeah. exciting. Thank Thanks. you. Well, thank you guys for being here. Thank you guys for listening. And we will talk to you later. Love, Love you like a sister. sister. Bye. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to to you later. later. Love you like a sister. sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.